These are alarming days, and there's unquestionably a falling away. A falling away because of a great delusion that the enemy has placed on us. I don't mean to be down and negative and heavy, but I think the problem in America today is we are not being warned of what's coming. We are not being told to live the long obedience in the same direction, no matter who is with you and who is not. We are told everything that would hinder us from moving forward for God. I would ask you this morning not to assume that I'm talking about you. I couldn't sleep. Last night I was up several times. I went in the kitchen and wrote on my notes because God was laying things on my heart. I feel heavy inside. I feel that our nation is in trouble because of the things that Jude talks about. And I've spoken out of Jude a couple times in the last few weeks because I think it is a warning to all of us that there are certain things that we should look for. If the Antichrist is truly on the scene today, if he is, and he could be, then you also understand this, that something else will take place during his reign, his first three and a half years. He will reign in power and people will love him and think he's just the greatest gift they could possibly have. He will work towards bringing peace on the earth. But the Revelation, Revelation chapter 13, as John writes from the Isle of Patmos, says that this Antichrist, who turns in to the beast in the middle of the tribulation period, it says, will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, you might say for yourself, and people have been saying this for years, Who's going to take a mark on their hand and who's going to take a mark on their forehead? And I would say this. I just heard this yesterday. I thought it was extremely interesting that we're in this trade war battle right now with China. And China is not happy with our president. I think our president is very financially oriented. He knows what he's doing. But China, in order to show us that they're not going to buckle under the pressure, has devalued their own currency. And who feels that? Their people feel it. You can buy much less with your money because they don't care about their people. China has been great at stealing our technology, getting in our universities and tagging along with people who are, are into technology and are inventing things for the future. And I just heard this. China has surpassed us in the area of artificial intelligence. In China, there are no checkbooks and there is no cash anymore. They have completely gone to a whole new system. You can just use this app on your phone and it charges everything. And they know everywhere you are by all of your transactions. Is that right, honey? My wife came back home and said that to me and they announced it on the news last night. They're in a cashless, credit cardless system because God is moving. Don't kid yourself. I know that people have mocked me and said that I claim to be a prophet and that I'm this great dictator over this church body. And I would say this to you this morning. I have no desire but for you to see Jesus, not me. 
but for you to lift up Jesus. He is the one that is worthy of your praise, not me. But we should open our eyes and pay attention to what is happening in the world. I, as a servant of Jesus Christ and a pastor prophet, I can tell you that the Bible has all kinds of unfulfilled prophecy that is happening right before our eyes. It's funny because people don't want to go to a church where they're actually challenged to think about what's going on around us. There's historical evidence that in the ancient Babylon, in their culture, slaves were identified by some kind of a mark, either tattooed or branded on the face or the back of the individual. We know that if you looked at history at all. So how much different will it be to take a mark on your forehead or your right hand? If you are forced to, I, I guarantee you, you will be put in a situation where you will have to make a decision, am I going to take the mark or am I going to die? Ladies and gentlemen, it is a fact that our nation and our world is in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. The book of Jude, who was a half-brother of Jesus, by the way, Jude, whose name was actually probably Judas, but because of Judas betraying Jesus, had his name shortened to Jude. He did not probably, even though he was a half-brother to Jesus, and, and I want to clarify there, he was a half-brother because he did not have the same father as Jesus. Jesus' father was God. You need to clarify that so you're not confused. He had a brother by the name of James. But Jude probably did not really believe and follow Jesus until after Christ had already died and was resurrected. And he writes this stuff somewhere between 67 and 80 D's. Did I say 80 D? He's not attention deficit, but some of you are. I guess I caught you. Wrote years later by Jude. He begins by telling us that he's a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James to clarify exactly who this is writing this. He's a servant or a slave to Christ and of Christ. We don't even understand servanthood anymore. We balk at anything that makes us uncomfortable and demands anything of us. The Greek word actually says that he was a slave. We are living in an age of what I believe to be Fake racism. Fake. Any Christian cannot be a racist because God loves everyone. We love everyone. Correct? Jude wrote this book out of necessity for the whole church, and I had to move really fast, and I'm not good at doing that, so I'm going to zip through a bunch of stuff because I want you to actually get something. It says that he was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. He said, he actually said, I found it necessary to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I got to stand for the faith that the saints actually stood for and many were martyred for. And just as it was going on in the church then, today certain people have crept in unnoticed in Jude 1.4, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. 
He gives definite things to look for in the last days that will prove to you that this is the end. He says in verse 18, in the last days there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. We know that it's not within the body of Christ that Jude writes, but those who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the spirit. You know what the biggest problem is today, period, across the board around the world? The biggest problem is division. That is the number one biggest problem. If Satan can divide, he can conquer. So he, there are people who come into the church, into every church, and decide that they don't like something, and then they decide they're going to create a stir over that, and it creates division, and Satan wins because a house divided against itself cannot stand. Keep your ideas Unless you know that the pastor's preaching something that's completely wrong, keep your other ideas to yourself and have a merry little day. Seriously. I've grown up in the church, and all I saw was trouble. And when you look back on history, everybody was bashing Billy Graham when thousands of people were getting saved. He was literally bashed for years. You know I'm telling the truth, aren't I? Yes? bashed. He stayed the course all those years. I've been a pastor 44 years. My wife's only sibling, her twin brother, has not been in ministry as long as we have. Her father, who was dedicated to ministry, Becky's father, actually taught in a seminary. He was not in ministry nearly as long as Becky and I have stayed in ministry because I just say this, the devil is going to attack you if you're doing something Kick him out and go on. Kick him out, tell him to take a hike, and keep moving for the kingdom of God. We know that there will be division. Reminded that Satan has his own ministers. Second Corinthians 11 says this, they bring a message of darkness. They want us to live in darkness. And I think that if the apostles were on the earth today, we'd be appalled at what happened among those who claim to be Christian. There's only one way to get to heaven. And I've already spotted people in the room that I am almost certain are not born again. Have never actually accepted Christ into your life. Your decision to accept him on your own into your life to be the Lord of your life. The scripture says in John, no one could come to me unless the Father you just took it down when I was reading it. There you go. Who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up in the last day. I want to say this. You didn't come today of your own will. God drew you to come here today. One of the guys said there was a guy that was driving by our church, and he just said, he said, I've been wanting to come there and wanting to come there. I drive by there all the time, and I'm just curious as to what's going on in there. God has a way of drawing people to himself. You think you found him? There used to be a bumper sticker that said, I found him. And I can remember several Christians saying to me, no, that's not even correct biblically. You didn't find him. He found you. That's how much he loves you. Right? When you look at an apostate, most of us immediately think of religion. An apostate, somebody that has fallen away. But if you look it up in the dictionary, it actually says, a person who renounces religion 
religions or political beliefs or principles. I didn't have that to put on the screen. I just looked that up last night. It's not just about religion that you become apostate. It can even be your political views. And we have in our nation right now something that is seriously dangerous going on. People that are willing to give up the principles that our nation was actually founded upon and are battling against those all the time because they are not happy that the president that got into the White House is Donald Trump. And so they're going to compromise and sacrifice the principles of our country, which we need to fight for. There are three things that Jude talks about, and I want to mention these, and I hope you remember them. I'll quiz you in a moment. Three things he marks in the book of Jude. Immorality, insubordination, and irreverence. Those are the three things that he says will be the obvious sign to you of the coming of Christ in the last days. Immorality, insubordination, and irreverence. They all start with I. They all start with I. I, me, I'm the focus of attention, and I'm not happy, so I become immoral. What does it mean to be immoral? It means to be wicked. Bad, I looked it up. Wicked, desolate, abandoned, depraved, one who acts contrary or does not obey or conform to the standards of morality. Our nation is filled with morality. I had to write it down. I had to get up in the middle of the night and write this down. As I was on my phone last night, I'd, I just looked. An ad came up for a new movie that is coming out, and they had the little trailer on there so you could see it, and it was Melissa McCarthy. You know who she is? She plays a very holy lady all the time. Holy dirty, holy filthy, uh, everything... She's funny, but it's not funny when you think of what she's doing and representing. She's sitting at a table with two, a son and a daughter, and I hate to burst your bubble if she's your favorite movie star. If she is, you need to hit the altar. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because we have compromised because people are funny. Have we not? So the movie is called The Kitchen. And in the trailer, she's sitting with a son and a daughter, and she's talking about how she's going to show everybody. Blah, 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 blah. It's a very bloody, killing, nasty, dirty movie about how women are powerful, basically. And if you didn't know it, there was another movie coming out that I just read has been canceled now because of controversy called The Hunt. It's when a bunch of Republicans, our conservatives, are collected and taken to rich Hollywood elite type people and put on this campus with them in one of their big mansions. And they are told they're going to let them loose, but they need to get out of there because the rich people, the movie stars, are going to be hunting them and shooting them. That's like this far away. What they say to be funny in a movie 
is only just inches away from being reality. God lets Hollywood warn us. He really does. He lets us warn us. Why should the Hollywood elites always be cheering for the negative Democrat Party with their liberal ideas? I, I, I can't even believe it. They're touting a guy online right now, I read last night, in, I, don't, I think it's Belgium, who decided from this point on he's no longer flying because we should all go green. And he's gonna, it takes him 24 hours by train to get to this destination that he teaches at every week. And I'm thinking, you're an idiot. You deserve 24 hours on a train. Have a nice day, but I'm still flying. I'm gonna fly more, in fact. How stupid. How ridiculously stupid. And they tout their immorality as if everything is okay. Immorality, Jude warns of immorality will be rampant. How can you tell kids not to go to Walmart and shoot 20 people or 22, whatever it was, and kill them? How can you correct them and say that it's the president's fault when almost every Hollywood movie touts killing? The kitchen is all about murder. That's what it is. What a joke, what hypocrisy. And you blame the president? How ridiculous. You know what, I'm offended by people who are offended and don't want to come to our church because I actually like our president and support him. And I say then, go somewhere else. Have a nice day. And you know what happens then? You know what happens? I guarantee you what happens. They throw their little hussy bodies around and just, I'm just going to stick my nose in. Oh, you, there's a preacher over there. We should kill him. I'm not kidding. Why do we have to have guys that carry guns every Sunday to protect ourselves? It's a dangerous day. We live in insubordination. You can't be an employer anymore without experiencing this. Because we have raised generations of young people who know everything. Oh, yeah. Gee, don't get me off on this one, God. They know every, They tell the bosses, right? They tell the bosses, I'm worth a lot more than you're paying me. I'm worth a new sports car and a new house. And if you don't do it, I'm quitting. And I say, have a nice day. How's that going to turn out? You think I'm joking? I'm not joking. Insubordination, I looked it up. What is the definition of the dictionary? Defiant to authority, disobedient, unruly, wayward, disorderly, undisciplined, delinquent, troublesome, non-compliant, ungovernable, unhuman. I can't read my writing. And difficult. Oh, my Lord. Everybody knows everything nowadays. It doesn't matter whether you're 60 years old and they should just respect the fact that you're their elder because they know more than you do. And I say, have a nice day. And let's see how that turns out because Jude says it is a sign of the last days. Yes, it is why we are in trouble today. Yes, it is. You agree? One last one. 
What's the sign of an apostate? Irreverence. It says this in the dictionary, showing a lack of respect for people or things that are generally taken seriously. Disrespectful, scornful, contemptuous. An apostate is a person who renounces a religion or political belief or principle. You know, stay with anything. Whatever the way the wind's blowing is where they're at now. Their minds are changed. Does anybody even hear about what happened to Rob Bell? Where the world is he? He was a hero in this city until people got tired of him and stoned him to death, I think. Where is he now? Don't questions like that go through your mind? If all those people loved him so much, how come he's off somewhere doing something goofy? Because we drive people to think weird by our lack of love and grace for everyone. Look what verse 11 says. Those were, there are actually three things that are signs that Jesus is coming. And I shared those with you right now. They were immorality, insubordination, and irreverence. But there are also three apostate examples. Verse 11 says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. And for pay, they have rushed headlong into the air of Balaam. And they perished in the rebellion of Korah. Three examples, immorality, insubordination, irreverence, carried out by three individuals. You fall into these categories, it's dangerous. Cain, Balaam, and Korah. I'm reminded when I think of these three characteristics of what's going to happen in the last days and these three individuals. I'm reminded of the contrast to that by what the scripture says in the Psalms. It says, the the godly person does not walk with ungodly people. He doesn't stand with the lost crowd and he doesn't sit with the scornful crowd. That's the blessed man. He decides right away, can't be on that path. I'm not walking with ungodly people. Do you not know that when you become a Christian, you're going to lose friends? You agree with me? Are you dead today? You're going to lose friends. Get over it. Is this some kind of popularity contest? You might know that people won't like you. If you don't drink, you won't get invited to parties. You won't have to tell anybody anything. You won't get invited, I promise you. So what's the problem in the church? Everybody, oh, we don't want to be unliked by people, and we don't want to be offensive to people. You're being offensive to God. It's simple. You're being offensive to God. I believe there are three steps to apostasy or total denial of everything that you once held. It's the path that you take that will determine whether you're headed that way. It's an escalation of the speed once you make the decision, once you make this irreverent, immoral, insubordinate decision, you will undoubtedly be on a different path. I could give you weekly examples, and I'm not trying to be mean or angry. I invited someone to come to church today because he's blowing his entire life over alcohol and drugs, and he has a wonderful family, and he couldn't come today because he has a restraining order against him by his wife. So I texted her, are you coming today? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you shouldn't mention this. 
God mentions people in the Bible as a warning. Does he? I just mentioned three to you. Jude actually warns us about Cain. Don't go the path of Cain. He was a real person. He did some things. Every single Sunday, somebody says, I know you were talking to me. I saw you looking at me. I'm not talking to anyone specific. I don't even have anybody in my mind with my message today. I promise. I am talking about what Jude says. It's an escalation of their speed. Have you ever noticed that when somebody gets on a downward spiral, they go pretty fast? You notice that? I mean, they spin out of control. Because they're still hanging with the same people on the wrong path. Knock him out of your life. I'm not talking to him anymore. All he is is negative. All he does is discourage me. I don't even care if it's your own kids. I actually believe this. If my daughter starts talking negative, I'm, I'm shut down. I'm not speaking with you. I love you, but I'm not going to talk with you. Because you know what it does? It escalates. Yeah? Are you with me? Are you tracking? It escalates. And then it has a disastrous end. You start out right. Oh, yeah, I, I really believe God has called me to do it. Liar. God did not call you to do that. You called you to do it. Yeah, 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 you haven't prayed about it a bit. You prayed already knowing what you were going to do. So what good did that do? So quickly, I want to look at these things. A path. Apostates are those who started out with good intentions, but ended up far from God. And the reason Jude tells us about these particular men is because they would be familiar to the Jewish readers. Genesis, Cain. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soils as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn. I'm not going to read it all. I don't have time. You know the story. Cain knew that he was supposed to bring blood sacrifices. And he did not do it because he didn't want to do it. The point that Jude is trying to make is this. Most people, are you with me? Most people make their choices willfully. Yes. Thank you, Tom. They willfully make the choice to go the wrong path. They, most people step out and say, I know this is not the right thing, but I'm going to do it anyway. You have no idea of the consequences that are going to come because you've made a wrong choice. And he says that's the way of Cain. And, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? And you know what happens at that point? At that point, you know that you have made the wrong decision, but you ain't backing down for nothing because your pride says you're following through on this. That person hurt you, or that boss is no good, or you don't like that, or you could make more money doing this or whatever, and so you determine you're going to do it no matter who steps in the way. Yes. And you've talked to the wrong counsel, by the way. One of the men called me for a decision the other day in the church I was in, Meyer, getting food for my mentoring group, and I stopped and actually sat on the shelves and talked. I appreciated the fact he even wanted my advice. Genesis 4.8 says, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Do you think that he knew what he was doing? He was immoral. 
insubordinate and irreverent. Yes, yes, yes. It is immoral to murder. We think of immorality only when it pertains to sex, but that is not the case. It is immoral to murder someone. And that's why when we watch the kitchen, we agree with their immorality and we laugh it off as if it's okay. And yet we wonder why a kid takes a gun into Walmart and shoots up. Why are we not blaming Hollywood? Because the minute you do on your Twitter account or your Facebook account, everybody's coming against you, you pious pukehead. You holy roller. You're going to that cult, aren't you? That's, you get attacked instantly. Because everybody wants you down on their level. Yes. They want to deconstruct you and bring you down to the level. And by the way, I, I would say this emphatically. God is opposed to homosexuality. With boldness, I'd say it. And he's opposed to divorce. Yes? Does that mean he hates divorced people? No, there's a whole bunch of them in the room. But he is opposed to it because he knows of the consequences. If I marry you, I'm going to hold you to stay married for life. Marriage is ordained by God. Listen to what Hebrews 11 says. By faith, Abel offered a better, God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he, Abel, obtained the testimony that he was righteous. Cain was the prototype apostate. The prototype of an apostate. He was irreverent for life. He was the man's man who could get by with whatever he wanted to do, even though he knew it was wrong. The apostles, excuse me, the apostate purports to be religious, though. That's the problem. They're doing this because God told them to do this. Or God's leading me to do this, and they know in their heart, God is not leading you at all. And you can tell the evidence is in the fruit. The Are you with me? The evidence is in the fruit. I was accused of some very serious things. All you have to do is look at the man who accused me and where he's at right now. You ever notice his Facebook page? It is not good. All you have to do is follow the fruit. That pertains to anyone that I know that's been in ministry. Follow the fruit. And they'll always be mad if you say that. We have had many opportunities through the years to quit. Have we not, honey? Like a million? And we've stayed. Doesn't make us heroes. It just makes us understand this. God is not interested in your sacrificing. He's interested in your obedience to obey his call. There are consequences when you leave the call of God. Sends a strong message. The truth of the matter is this. If he gets very close to the people of the truth, he becomes very angry. That's what happens. Whenever this apostate, this person who's moving in a new direction is so sure they should do that, they will always get mad because they have angry issues anyway. Second thing that's going to happen is escalation. He says escalating this a little bit 
they not only, according to verse 11, have gone the way of Cain, they not only have gone the way of Cain, for pay they have rushed headlong into the air of Balaam. Ha! Oh, my gosh. Balaam, the prophet, is such a spiritual guy that wicked kings could hire him to prophesy on their part. Escalation. Second way you're going to know you're on the wrong path. Things are happening rapidly that are not good. They're happening rapidly, but they're not good. You remember the story of Balaam? He was a prophet for hire. He would simply make a prophecy for the highest bidder. And I got to hurry through this. And so... Israel was about to enter Canaan, and as they were, you know, moving toward the land of Canaan, setting to go in, they were running into some conflict at some points, and one of the groups of people, one of the tribes, if you were, that they engaged was Moab. And Balak was the king of the Moabites. He was the chief of that certain tribe. And Balak tried to hire Balaam, who was a prophet available for the highest bidder. Talk about superstitious. He thought he could hire Balaam to go in and make these people do this thing. It didn't work. Balaam knew it wasn't going to work. And so when he knew it wasn't going to work, you know what he did? He went and tried to manipulate the situation anyway because he didn't want to be proved wrong. Somebody in the room needs to hear this, you hot dogs. And if you're thinking of somebody right now, you should be pointing a finger at yourself because we are all hot dogs that don't like to admit that our pride takes us places where we don't belong. Our pride takes us a place. We do not want to admit that we got caught up in the stupidity and where it took us. So we try to manipulate the situation instead of admitting, you know, I should have never done that. That was a stupid choice I made and I shouldn't have done it. So he hires Balaam to go blah, blah, blah. It's not working. So Balaam decides I'm going to go manipulate the women of Moab and make them trap the godly Israelites, make them trap them and have sex with them and blah, blah, so I could prove down the road. See, the Israelites stink and blah, 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 blah. This is how God works. For all the naysayers, God is doing great things. Yes, he is. He's doing great things in people's lives who are walking with him to prove to the naysayers Walking away from God is not the answer. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Staying the course, a long obedience in the same direction is the answer. It may not be working yet, but it will work if you keep doing it. You keep praying and keep praying and praying, right? Keep praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying until there's a breakthrough. You don't want to go the way of Cain. You don't want to go the way of Balaam. He's a prophet for hire and driven by covetousness. The fact is this in America, I think the reason why we're being judged is everything is about money. You'll compromise everything you believe to get more money. Whew. Balaam can never pull it off. He winds up having a very strange encounter with his own donkey. Do you remember who speaks to him? Even his ass knows better than he does. My wife's like, I can't believe you said that word. It's a donkey. He's a stupid ass. 
That's not offensive. It's true. And even the donkey knows more than Balaam knows. You are headed in the wrong direction. I cannot believe how many people make the stupidest mistakes and then brag about it online until they realize everybody's looking at the stupid mistakes they made and seeing the direction of their life. I just said this to someone in the grocery store when they blasphemed our church. I just turned around and walked right up to his face and I said, let's see where you're at in three years. And he had the most unbelievable guilty look on his face because he already knows the answer. Yes, he does. He already, yes, he does. He already knows the answer. He doesn't want me to be right, but he knows the answer because I could follow him the last several years, already know where he's going. I might just save your life if you listen today. Get off that stupid path. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Revelation says this, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Isn't it funny? The guy who accused me from my previous church is online and he's in a group called Get Sad. Do you picture Jesus saying, get sad, everybody? I don't. I picture Jesus saying, live righteously and holy, and you're going to get happy. Am I right? Because some people in here have been discouraged. If I allow Satan, he will make me so discouraged, I don't even want to live. But God is not saying get sad. He's saying get happy. The, Lord, the joy of the Lord is your strength, isn't it? Get happy. Smile. Some of you are like, I'm not giving in to you because then I'll be a part of the cult. Get over yourself. Do yourself a big favor and smile. <laughs> you should be up here. You should be standing up here and looking at people. I got I to gotta finish here. Second Peter says, but there were also false prophets among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. One last thing. Korah. The perishing of Korah. The disastrous end. Rebellion is an interesting word. It is antologia, which means against the word. Anti-word. Korah had been excluded from the priesthood. So he got a couple of his friends by the name of Dathan and Abiram, and he started a rebellion. And the target of the rebellion, of course, was Moses, because Moses was the Lord's chosen leader, the chosen representative of God. Apostate false teachers will always, 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 always set themselves up against 
God's leader. That one really hurts because that's West Michigan. The minute you no longer like being convicted, you destroy the leader. Destroy the pastor. Kick him out. Find every bit of dirt and trash you can possibly find and destroy him. Is that really what you want to be, a part of his rebellion? I don't think so. It leads to this, because I have to stop. This is where it leads. It leads to immorality. Yes, it does. Soon the very people that try to destroy me will become involved in immorality They've already been involved in insubordination. And they'll end up being the most irreverent people that can't even go to church. They're so deep in their own selfishness. Boy, this is not a nice message. But it is a good message if it's a warning to you. This is about the last days. It's about the last days and what's going to happen. There's going to be immorality, out of control, insubordination, where you can't even hire people anymore, and they don't stay the job any longer because they're too good for that job. They don't stay in the church because they're too good for that church and completely irreverent. There's no reverence at all for any position with anybody, and that's why we're going down as a nation. Don't tell me it's not. The president is still the president. Whether you like him or not, he is the president of the United States of America and deserves, and deserves your support. You may not like everything he says or does, and it should not be based on whether the, the economy is good. That's a bunch of hogwash. It should be based on the fact that he is the president of the United States, voted duly appointed in the office of president by the choice of the American people. I, someone said this to me the other night, and I agree with it fully. It'll be worse if he gets in than if he doesn't. Yes, it will. They will not stand for it. After what they did this time, they'll go bonkers. They'll go insane. Good thing we have God, isn't it? And God and guns. Oops. <laughs> wow. That was, that's, that's something going to get me in big trouble. <laughs> because you know there are people that are spies. They come in to spy out your freedom. Oh, last I checked and remembered, we could still say what we wanted to say. Right? Amen. Gee, I got a lot more I'm going to say then. Crazy, absolute crazy world we listen to. Forrest said this, number six. I, this cracked me up when I was studying. Cora is mad because he wants to be rebellious and he wants other people to join him in his rebellion. So he says, we don't have to listen to Moses. 
We don't have to listen to Moses. All the congregation is holy. Here's what you do. Here's <laughs> I'm almost done. Okay. False teachers are always bent on overthrowing spiritual authority by attacking any definitive dogmatic truth. Yeah. They attack truth. My father-in-law, Becky's dad, taught seminary for many years, was a pastor for many, many years, did his, he wrote a book on the, the rapture of the church. Most godly man I've ever known, and he said it all the time, don't pay attention to what anybody says. If God has called you to be a pastor, people are not to touch God's anointing. Korah, the rebellious man who represents many, 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 many men and women today, said all the congregation is holy. In other words, interpreted in our vernacular, everybody's equal. If that is the case, we're finished as a country. Everyone is not equal. Police officers deserve respect. Yes, they do. Whether you like them or not, they're there to protect us. School teachers deserve respect. They're there to teach us. Pastors deserve respect because they're called of God to warn the people. This is how we should live. You don't have to earn respect to be the president. He earned it by getting the vote of the people. When are we going to realize that we're in great, grave danger as a people if the church doesn't step up to the plate? Where does judgment begin? It begins in the church. Are you with me? It begins in the house of God. It, it begins by understanding that three words describe an apostate. Everybody together. What was the first one? Again? Number two. And number three. And I bet that was on the screen. Because people are looking like, I don't have a clue, but it's up there and I still can't pronounce it. Oh, I have a profound grasp of the obvious. I would say this. Steve Ferrer writes it in his book, Finishing Strong, which I've shared many times. One of my favorite books ever. Stay in. Stay close or stay away. Stay in the word of God. Stay away from everything and everyone who violates what you believe from the scriptures. Stay close to God and stay alert to the devil. Because he wants to get you before you get out of this room. He wants to tell you you're okay, doesn't he? He wants to tell you you're okay. Get saved tomorrow. You got another day. I think there are men and women in the room that are not saved. Last week, two young men accepted Christ at the end of the service. The week before, you didn't know this, but a young woman accepted Christ. If God is working, he's working. And he is working today. I'm positive. Close your eyes for a moment. Close your eyes quickly. I want to do this. There is not even a shred. You are telling the truth when you answer this. Not even a shred 
a doubt in your heart that you are going to heaven when you die because you've accepted and believed and lived what Christ did on the cross as the payment for your sin. Raise your hand. Hold them up a moment. I want to look around, okay? Not a shred of doubt, okay? Not everybody. Put them down. Best thing I could do for you right now is offer you the opportunity to settle that matter right now, right now, right now to make sure, to make absolute certain you're going to make that decision right now. Raise your hand. That's me. I need to settle this. Don't know for sure, but I want to be sure. Anyone? I'm waiting. God's working on you. Anyone in the room says, I'm not sure that I'm a child of God. The invitation doesn't end now, by the way. How many of you understand in here that God has some things he's dealing with you about right now that I spoke about this morning? Raise your hand. I'm not going to make you come forward. God is speaking to me about some things. Hold them up a moment. Real high. God is speaking to me about some things, okay? I pray in the powerful name of Jesus right now, this moment, the powerful name of Jesus which is above every name, and that every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess that he is Lord one day. I pray in that name that you would start to do miraculous things in the lives of every individual that raised their hand this morning. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. Do we not, people? We need you in these trying days. I pray for those who have been praying this 40 days for our president and our nation I pray in Jesus' name that you would put a, literally a hedge of total protection from the enemy. That the, the news media will literally be speechless because of your power. Yes, God, we need you. I pray that every single parent in this room would be sensitive about the salvation of their children and their destiny, and their future, that we would walk with you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a lot.